Hello, and welcome to the Storyteller's Mission with Zena Del Lowe, a podcast for artists and storytellers about changing the world for the better through story. Now, normally I commit to a 15-minute podcast. However, in honor of Christmas, I wanted to let you know at the outset, I'm going to go ahead and go a little bit longer so that I can fully explain today's aha moment. These are concepts that are very important to me. I'm passionate about them, and I'm hoping that they'll make a positive impact on your life as well. Today is Christmas Eve. Tomorrow, it is Christmas. And of course, it is 2020, which means it's been a crazy year. We also happen to be in the middle of a series on my aha moments, things that have happened over the course of my life that have transformed me as an artist and as a human person. So it's interesting that all these things are coming together at the same time. And to me, it makes it appropriate to talk about something spiritual on this particular episode. But I want to say before I begin that I am not trying to convert anybody or get them to adopt my particular religious views. Instead, I want you to understand that what I'm about to share with you today is being shared because I believe I held some very false beliefs about God and about the way the world was really working. And if you're one of the ones that have been listening to this podcast since the beginning, you'll know that I'm very concerned with reality. I'm very concerned that we know what truth is, what reality really is, because I think it works itself out on a practical level. We don't have behavior problems. We have belief problems. We always act in accordance with what we really believe is true. So if we have false beliefs, then those beliefs are going to play themselves out in our lives in a way that necessarily is detrimental because if it isn't true, then it's bad. So given that reality, I want to share with you a false perspective that I had about suffering. Now, part of the reason I'm sharing this with you is because I don't think I'm the only one who has thought this way about suffering. Suffering is a very important component of the human experience. It is the great common denominator of all human beings. No matter what we're going to face in life, we can be assured of one thing. We are going to suffer in some way. Therefore, it is appropriate for us to analyze what is suffering, where does it come from, and what is the purpose of it. Now, this is important because of what this concept has to say about justice. All of it has to do with this concept of justice. And we need to understand that because it very much informs how we interpret suffering, how we interpret the experiences that we're having. So before I start with suffering, let's talk about justice for a minute. What is justice? Well, justice is that thing in us that demands payment for wrongdoing. And by the way, We are all born with a very powerful, innate need for justice. I don't care who you are. 
I don't care if you're an atheist, if you're an agnostic, or if you're a die-hard Christian. You have an innate sense of justice that has been built into the fabric of your being. You feel strongly if somebody does something wrong that that needs to be paid for. People that do bad things need to be held to account. We cry out for justice. Our souls demand it. Okay, well, what does that have to do with anything else? Well, it has to do with suffering. For me, the suffering that I was experiencing in my life felt like justice because I believed deep down that I was being punished by God, that the stuff that I was experiencing in my daily life was a deliberate infliction by God, like he was putting his thumb on me and pressing down, causing me to suffer for the purpose of making me pay for my sin. That is what I truly and deeply believed. Now, I didn't necessarily even know that I believed it until I encountered the doctrine of suffering. But the marks of that belief were all over my life. We don't have behavior problems. We have belief problems. The markers of what I truly believed were all over my life. And I was interpreting my experiences through that perspective, which I came to believe were false. And here's how I came to believe that. So I encountered the doctrine of suffering. And what I discovered is that there are actually three categories of suffering. The first category is called calamity. Now you're probably familiar with this term. Calamity is the random stuff. Calamity is suffering that is experienced as a result of just living in a fallen world. It's where bad things happen to good people, but for no apparent reason. In other words, there isn't a specific purpose behind it. It isn't God inflicting it for some reason. It just is random. Bad things happen and nobody can explain why. But there's another kind of suffering on this earth, and that is the idea of retribution, justice. That's where we are being punished for our sins. We know that if people are doing things that are wrong, they need to be accountable for those things. They need to pay for their crimes, right? They need to pay for their sin. They need to pay for the bad things they've done. They cannot be let off. They have to answer for whatever it is that they've done. That's justice. And we all believe in it. So in our spirit, in our heart of hearts, we actually believe in this concept, which is why the definition of retribution actually makes sense to us. So retributive punishment is where the suffering is inflicted on us by God for the purpose of satisfying justice, for the purpose of making us pay for whatever it is we've done wrong. But here's the thing about justice or punitive suffering. Justice only wants what it is due. Justice never wants more than it is due or else it ceases to be just. 
And we see this in our criminal system, right? If somebody commits a crime and they end up having to go to jail, what do they say when they get out? I paid my time. And in fact, if somebody has to spend 10 years in jail and then they get out, it would be unjust for us as a society to go, you know, I don't think you spend enough time. Let's just send you back in. No, that wouldn't be just because they've paid already for their crime. Justice only wants what justice is due. The idea in the Old Testament, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, really represents this concept. But the minute justice demands more than what it is actually due, it ceases to be justice. It becomes tyranny. It becomes unfair. Now, there's a third category of suffering, and this is called discipline or chastisement. Now, chastisement is suffering that is inflicted on us, and the purpose of it is for our own moral improvement. The purpose is to reform our heart. And the best way to understand this concept is to think of a loving father. So a loving father has children, and let's say one of his children, a daughter, has stayed out past her curfew. Now, she's broken a rule, right? She's broken a rule. And so, a loving father will find a way to discipline that child, not to punish them for breaking the rule, but rather to reform that child's rebellious heart. And here's the interesting thing. The discipline that the father enforces is directly related to how rebellious the child's heart is. Let's say that the daughter comes home and she is broken. She's hurting. Something bad has happened. So maybe the loving father wouldn't discipline her at all because he might not need to. The child's heart might already be reformed. On the other hand, maybe it's a small violation. The child is only an hour late. But that child is in absolute rebellion, has a hard heart, is being completely stubborn and out of line. Maybe that loving father takes radical action and institutes a discipline that is far worse than the crime. And that is the key here. Discipline is not about justice. The purpose of discipline is to reform the child's heart. The purpose of discipline is to protect the child. Because you see, here's what happens. A loving father is not interested in punishing a child just to punish them for breaking arbitrary and unimportant rules. If there are rules in place, the rules are there to benefit the child. The rules are there to protect the child. So any violation of those rules It isn't about the father's pride. It's about the vulnerability of the child. Father then, to protect the child, will try to reform the child's heart and get them to see that they need to obey. Because if they don't, they could get hurt. And the greater the child's resistance the more discipline that the father may have to inflict in order to break through the hardness of that child's heart. So you see, discipline is not about justice. 
because you're not paying for a crime, you're not paying for your sin. It's about the well-being of the child, which means the father gets to choose how radical a discipline needs to be instituted for that moment. Now, each of these types of suffering need to be understood from two perspectives. One is what causes it, and two, what is the purpose of it? So calamity is suffering that is just experienced randomly. Nobody's causing it. God isn't pressing his thumb purposely on somebody so that they experience calamitous suffering. No, it just happens because we happen to live in a fallen world. Bad things happen for no apparent reason. And that's why it is so hard to explain. That is why it's so hard to experience. See, we as people want to make sense of things. So when we suffer calamitous suffering, it doesn't make sense to us because we feel like there has to be a reason. And so what do we do? We naturally jump to the reason, well, I must be being punished for some reason. There must be something behind this. And so then we think that God is out to get us and we try to look and see, well, where have I gone wrong? What do I need to change? How have I sinned? Oh, I deserve this. We start trying to come up with reasons to justify the suffering that we're experiencing. But when it's calamity, there is no reason. There is no reason. And that feels very scary to us. It feels out of control to us. We would almost rather have it be because we're being punished because it makes us so vulnerable and we can't control it. But see, if there's a reason behind it, it means we can fix it. We can do something about it, which is why we develop these practices of assuming God is out to get us when we're experiencing calamitous suffering. But the truth of the matter is calamity is suffering that is experienced for no apparent reason. So can you see where I'm going with this? When we don't understand the kind of suffering we're experiencing, we are prone to draw false conclusions about God. We're prone to see him incorrectly, to assume that he's not a good God, that he doesn't love us, that he doesn't care for us, And in fact, he likes to see us suffer. He's cruel. He's mean. He's arbitrary. And there's other things that happen as well. So for example, returning to the concept of justice or punitive suffering, notice that the purpose of the criminal justice system is not to reform a person's heart. That is not the purpose of it. That's not why we send criminals there. We send criminals there to pay. Now, why are these categories so important? The reason is because we often assume that all suffering is equal. We don't separate our suffering into these categories. And because of that, we have no way to distinguish what the particular purpose of that suffering is in our lives. Therefore, we tend to assume that all suffering is meant to make us hurt, that all suffering is meant as punishment, that we are constantly paying for the bad things that we've done, that God is out to get us. 
Now, maybe you don't believe that, but I sure did. Which is why this concept of justice only wanting what justice is due becomes even more important. Again, I don't know what your spiritual beliefs are, but what I realized for myself is that if it is true that Jesus came to this earth to die for my sins, then he paid. He paid the price. He satisfied justice. So all of a sudden, it occurred to me, wait a minute, Jesus paid for my sin. Therefore, it would be unjust for God to want me to pay for it too. Holy cow. So if that's true, if my sin has already been paid for in full, then the only time that we have to fear punitive suffering is if we've broken a law of the land. But that means that any other kind of suffering that we might be experiencing actually isn't punitive. It's either calamitous or discipline. Discipline as instituted by a loving father who has our best interest at heart. Now think about this. This is huge because this means he's not out to get us. He loves us. It radically transforms our experience in the midst of our suffering. I no longer have to fear that I am being deliberately inflicted with pain by God in order to pay for the things that I have done. Instead, any suffering that I might be experiencing, I can now see it as something that a loving father does for our own benefit, to protect us, to help us, to refine us and make us more into the person that we want to be. Either I am suffering because it's random and it's a bad thing that's happening to me for no apparent reason, or God is inflicting pain, but not for the purpose of punishing me or making me pay, but because he loves me. God disciplines those he loves. So I have no idea if this will resonate with you, but this was a radical realization for me. This was an aha moment. And I share it with you in the hopes that it will bring you as much freedom from fear as it did me. I want to thank you so much for joining me on this episode of The Storyteller's Mission with Zena Del Lowe. May you go forth inspired to change the world for the better through story.